0: Welcome to Over the Wall, Racing to Recovery, a 310.3 media production. Today is Friday, October 9th, 2020, and I'm your gracious and grateful host, Charles West, and I am an alcoholic. My sobriety date is November 9th, 2017. Haven't had a single drink since. For an alcoholic like me, that's truly a miracle. This show wouldn't be possible without it. This is the first show, podcast, podcast episode, whatever you want to call it. It was my wife's brilliant idea to start a podcast, and I can't thank her enough for the nudge to do something like this, primarily because it truly appears that it is the missing piece I was looking for to tie all of my life's labor together in one place where it can be found, heard, read, consumed, and shared with other people. She made me realize something very important about our present world and society, which is so completely and totally screwed up sideways and backwards right now. In that nobody reads anymore. I mean, yeah, some do, including myself, but the reality of it is that we as a society have let our lives become so busy with utterly meaningless bullshit that we've lost or are in the process of losing the ability to unplug from the evil world of electricity long enough to lose ourselves in the printed word, or God forbid, actually talking to one another, and, and to do so in a civilized fashion nonetheless. Personally, I do not believe civility to be dead, but it is indeed rare these days. So here's the deal. I mentioned at the beginning that I'm an alcoholic. I don't feel so, but many believe that it's a brave thing to admit such a thing. I'm not sure why. It's part of who I am, and I am not, nor will I ever be ashamed of that fact. In fact, being an alcoholic, especially an alcoholic in recovery, allows me to help others that are mired in the disease of addiction in ways that I could have never imagined myself. Knowing who I am and who I am not frees me rather than enslaves. It's said that addicts and alcoholics are zebras in a world of horses. At least I've heard friends say that. That might have been true 20 or even 15 years ago, but civilized society has decayed and devolved intellectually since the introduction of the smartphone. Let's see, I guess around 2008 that was. That it's more accurate to use mules and donkeys in 2020 and beyond rather than zebras and horses. And I mean that. People can't even drive a damn car anymore without a phone in their hand. You know, and if you don't do that, I don't mind calling you out. You're a freaking idiot. You're a moron. You know, most people can't go a day without using their phones, and most of those can't even go five minutes without checking their posts and feeds for, you know, whatever praise or attention, you know, or to to bolster whatever, you know, stupid argument has ruffled their feathers today. Regardless, you know, I could rant about how stupid this world's become all damn day long, but that isn't going to help anyone put down the drink or drug or get sober or quit acting like a jerk or find Jesus. It's just not. Simple fact is, we all have to work together and be respectful and civil. If you're not working together toward a solution, you're just standing in the way. Standing in the way of your own progress as well as that of other people. You know, the title of this podcast, Over the Wall, Racing to Recovery, stems from two huge bits of my own life, my careers in both auto racing and drinking, and I was incredibly good at both. That's not a particularly good thing. No, the good thing is that I'm now sober and I've been sober now for 1,066 consecutive days. That's right, all in a row. Not just nights and weekends, as they like to say. There was a day when, when my greatest fear was not having a drink before I went to bed. I mean it, I simply had to have something to drink before I could go to bed at night. I could not live a single day without putting alcohol into my body, and I spent decades like that. I was miserable otherwise. I was also an asshole, big time, to a lot of people, people I cared about. But because of alcoholism, I was a real jerk. Selfish, self-centered, egotistical, narcissistic, manipulative. I lied, I stole, I cheated, literally. I was unable to remain faithful in multiple marriages because of my dependence on alcohol and drugs and on codependent people. I was under assault from everything for so long that my brain's chemistry was changed. You know, the shitty thing is, that's how I always was, you know, from as far back as I can remember. I never chose to be an alcoholic. It wasn't something I just up and decided to become, nor was it an issue of morality that I drank. It was my birthright. My mother was an alcoholic, though she would never have admitted to such a thing. In fact, she took special care to demonize and belittle anyone else who was. I have have vivid memories from my childhood, of, of, of both my mother and father pointing out other people they knew and said that they were alcoholics. You know, I never questioned that until going to meetings myself. How in the hell would they know unless they were going to meetings themselves? That was an eye-opener for me for sure. So, I guess we should probably get into why this podcast exists and its goals. I guess that part's kind of simple. You know, the world's full of alcoholics and addicts, and it's hard to find decent resources for those in recovery in a podcast form. At least that's what my wife told me. Now, I don't know, nor will I attempt to determine precisely why that is, but it likely has something to do with misunderstanding the recovery group's traditions on top of the fear of breaking anonymity, which is absolutely absurd in this day and age. Completely understandable 80 years ago, though. Now, I know what you're asking. What makes you qualified to have a pretend radio show about racing and recovery, Charles? Well, I'm glad you asked, so I'll tell you. There's no need to go over my complete story in the first show, first episode, whatever, but, you know, I'll give you a brief overview. My last two years in high school. I grew up in Midland, Texas, by the way. Graduated from Midland High School in 1992. Yeah, it was a long time ago. 30-year reunions coming up. I know, I'm kind of shocked. You know, for most of my junior and senior years, though, I worked as a mechanic for a a little outfit called VDS Engines. Uh, It's a little place out near the the Midland Airport that built and serviced the uh, Chevrolet Indy V8 of that era. It was a beast and a monster of an engine, and I had a blast working on those things during high school. I was only 16, 17 years old. And I was already getting to work on my my passion, which was bad fast race cars. You know, growing up in Midland, having family friends like Jim Hall and Bobby Hillen really helped fuel that passion also. You know, there's a full account of, you know, my association with and influenced, you know, by these men um, in a book that I wrote about uh, Indianapolis 500. and My association with the Indy 500 uh, called Long Kiss and American Ritual. You can look for it on Amazon or, you know, half the libraries in Indianapolis. I know it's out there. Um, but it's been a while. It's been 10 years since I wrote that book. And a lot of things have happened since then. I, you know, I quit drinking since then. Um, but, you know, I, going back to high school, you know, I remember getting fired from VDS. You know, it wasn't my fault. You know, there's nothing I could do about it. You know, I just ran with some really bad people in those days. And a few of them schemed to get me fired. And it worked. Um, you know, that's another story for another day. But that was my first stint working with with indie cars, real race cars, not the small town slapped together shit. Although you know there really isn't much difference in some cases. Sad but true. Race cars are race cars. Um, you know, let's get the point though. You know, I went to college after high school. I graduated and went to work for a little company in the Pacific Northwest named Microsoft. You know, for a computer geek like I was growing up, that was a really really cool thing. I mean, it was kind of a dream come true. You know what was also really cool was was the fact that not only could i drink at my desk at microsoft but the practice was openly and actively encouraged by the company i mean there was always some kind of alcohol available in the building somewhere microsoft wanted us to drink they wanted us happy even if it was only artificially you know and this this wasn't just company functions either it was no secret that there was beer and wine in the coolers in most of the break rooms you know Kahlua was kept on hand for morning coffee Crown and Jack for after lunch socials amongst the sea of cubicles and overworked nerds. And it worked. We stayed late, we drank, worked overtime for free, and ignored our personal lives because we were having such a good damn time. Until we weren't. I can't speak for others, but I left Microsoft twice, and both times I was in really bad shape. Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I mean, collectively, it was the most brutal. And sinister experience of my life. There's no question in my mind that without the alcohol it would have been completely insufferable. It was working there at Microsoft that I started drinking daily. I mean most of us did anyway. You know, between my sentences you know in the evil empire up in Redmond you know I spent time at, at, at several different places but most notably are the, the five years each that I spent at Southwest Airlines and in the IndyCar series in, in various capacities. Um, the point I like to make is, uh, quite often is that, you know, at 46 years of age, which is now, I've never had a job where I couldn't wear jeans or drink heavily on the job. That's the truth, ever. God's always been kind to me. I don't know if that's, you know, Him being kind, but kinder than I deserve. You know, and speaking of God, He's a big part of my life and really always has been. You know, we'll surely cover that in depth in future podcasts, but I went to church a lot. I mean, a lot as a kid. I like to tell people every single day of the week I was in church, and that's, for the most part, true. You know, I I could probably dedicate a week's worth of shows just to that subject alone. You know, but that didn't keep me from becoming an alcoholic, nor acting like one. I mean, did I mention I was a real jackass? Big time. Huge jackass. All I cared about until I got sober was myself. I didn't really even listen to what you or anyone else had to say unless it was going to get me something I wanted. I mean, get this. That's normal behavior for an alcoholic. It's part of the disease. It's part of my disease. Same thing with addiction. That's part of the disease. Higher power, Mother Nature, the universe. They all mean the exact same thing they refer to a power greater than ourselves. One. Allah of Islam and the God of the Jews are one and the same. But most folks either don't know that, or they're just ambivalent about the fact. They practice willful ignorance and foolishly believe that their God is the best and the only right one, therefore yours is wrong. Funny. Thinking like that's what's wrong. That's not my experience. No, not at all. And if you keep listening to my podcast you are going to hear clear evidence of how God works in my life and has worked in my life. I promise you that some of the stories will blow you away. Like how I saved a random classic 55 Chevy Nomad from burning to a crisp right in front of my home just because I had a fire extinguisher. You know, Or taking a hitchhiker on one of the wildest rides of my life just to catch a bus because he left his bag on it. Or how I've been in the same room. This is a favorite. This is a favorite of mine or how I've been in the same room with Mario Andretti in our underwear on multiple occasions, or how I finally got to stand in in victory lane at the Indy 500. That was a dream I'd had since early childhood. It's something that God gave me, something that came true. A very close friend of mine, he served as a secretary in the Masonic Lodge, in fact, taught me a very valuable lesson many years ago. He said, if you get out there and walk that sidewalk, as he put it, he said, it'll talk back to you. And I took that, that advice to heart. You know, what he meant is that once you put effort into something, you will get a reward. He was 100% right, of course, but most folks are too afraid to take even the first step. Fear keeps them from getting the reward of stepping out in faith. They're unwilling to act out of the fear of failure or something along those lines. My bride says, all this cool stuff happens to me, because I'm willing to take risks that others aren't or won't. You know, and that may be so, but I've done a lot of stupid stuff too. A lot. But yeah, I'm not afraid of anything, or anyone, or even death. Certainly not failure. And that's just it in a nutshell. I'm not afraid. At some point in life, you learn that the only two real emotions are love and fear. All others stem directly from those two. Likewise, only one can rule your life. And the second you realize that it is your choice which one you put on the throne. The Bible doesn't say that God is fear. It says God is love. That leaves only one option as to whom fear represents. That would be the enemy. That's an easy choice for me. Not for some people, though. And that's what this entire podcast is about. Not just this episode, but the entire thing. Learning to conquer fear and trust God with your life. I had to do that to survive myself. I had to do that to get sober. I had to do that to stay sober. And if I can do it, you can do it too. You know, and there's, in racing, there's a wall you stand behind to protect yourself from the calamity on the racetrack. That wall's designed to take and deflect an impact that would otherwise kill you instantaneously. It takes a lot of guts to go, over that wall and mingle with the race cars whether it's on pit lane or cleaning up after a crash by doing so you are willingly putting yourself in danger in order to help others whom are also brave enough to do the same and get this big secret here I'm going to give away i'm gonna give away a secret you can't win the race if you're not willing to go over the wall in the first place No. all you can all you can do is watch somebody else win it that's a lot of fun until it can't feed your hunger any longer It has its equivalent in other sports, too. The sideline in football, the bench in baseball, getting on the back of a bull in a rodeo. The the other notable fact is that until you're willing to let go of the fear holding you back, you're never going to succeed. You're never going to realize those dreams. And that's what we're going to focus on in this podcast is fear. Overcoming fear and getting back in the game to win, getting back in the race to win. If you're not in the race to win, why are you even in it? We're going to do so by using some examples from the world of auto racing. It's what I know best. I've spent a good portion of my life in in it at the highest levels, and in some at the lowest levels too. You're going to be astonished to find the parallels between racing and real life. I fully believe that. You know, and we've got plenty of time because we're going to do as many shows as we can, at least until we can't do them anymore. You know, I hope you'll continue listening and supporting us and the podcast both spiritually and financially. You know, this will be a place. You know, with the focus on sharing my experience, strength, and hope for others in recovery and how they can overcome the fear holding them back from actually living. You know, it's been said that most people die having never really lived. Graveyards are full of people that never lived a single day in their life. I know I'm not going to be like that. Choose to live, choose love, choose God, choose to trust Him. These constitute the very first leap over the wall that's necessary to get you racing toward recovery. Are you brave enough to take such a leap of faith? You never know. The life you change might just be your own. You know, thanks again for listening. Over the Wall Racing to Recovery is a 3103 media production. You know, once more, my name is Charles, and I'm an alcoholic. Please email me. My address is charles, C H A R L E S, at 3103media.com, that's written out as as a number, 3103media.com. That's also the address to our website. We can be found on the web with links to all of our content at 3103media.com. Until next time, keep the rubber side down, hit your marks, and may God's speed bring you home in one piece. Thanks again for listening. My name is Charles.